0: Okay, morning. How are we? Few people really well. Um, Just before we get going, can I invite you all to stand with me? We're going to pray. Man, everything that uh, Phil encouraged us as we closed that time of worship is really the heart of the message that we would leave transformed this morning. And I want to believe that someone's going to encounter Jesus for the very first time. And give their lives to Jesus. And leave here totally new. That's what I believe his heart is. We're going to be filled with the spirit afresh this morning. We're going to know the joy of our own salvation this morning. But we're going to start by praying. So why don't you just close your eyes. Do whatever you want. You can stand on one leg if you want to. Um, and make it personal to you. Say, God, would you, would you invade my heart today? I thank you for your word. Thank you that it's living and active. Thank you that it is powerful enough to get right into the heart of the matter and transform lives. So I pray for my life to be transformed to some degree, my friends here to be transformed. And we ask this all for Jesus's glory. Literally 10 seconds. Just make it your own prayer. Ask him whatever you need to ask of him. Just chat to Father. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Amen. When you take your seats. You can stand for the remainder of this message. But I would be slightly weirded out by that. Um, My name's San. I'm part of the church family here uh, on team. I was born and raised in Manchester, as you can tell by my accent, just slightly south of the canals. Um, It's such a privilege to be speaking today. We are in a series called um, Healthy Roots, Healthy Fruits, right? So you have healthy roots that lead to healthy fruits. And last week, Sarah so brilliantly kicked off this message. Anyone here last week? Uh, wasn't she amazing? And she looked at the whole aspect of abiding in Jesus. And, and actually, this partnership of not only is Jesus in us, but we're in him. And, and, and it's this mutual abiding that actually leads to fruit being developed in our lives. So today, uh, I've got the privilege of doing part two, and it's healthy birth. So this Uh, This session today is all about the initial planting into Jesus, so I want you to imagine your life as a seed being planted into him. It's all about new identity. It's about salvation. It's about what Christ has done for us at the cross that leads us, as Phil said, into this sonship of adoption, okay? So today is all about the initial planting, and everything else flows from there. Sarah set it up. Today is almost like the initial launch pad, and I want to say that it's not just head knowledge. God does want us to exercise wisdom, absolutely. But we're a people of wisdom and revelation, right? So if it just stays in our heads, then it doesn't really change our lives. That's my, that's my experience. I want this message today, crumbs. It, it it's nothing special about what I say. It's all about Holy Spirit infusing it in our hearts. So we are part of a living faith, right? Jesus is alive and and this living faith means you can make this personal. So I, I pray, friends, whatever I share today, make it, uh, ask yourself this question, where am I on this journey? Where am I? So we're going to start by uh, reading Acts. If you have a Bible, please turn to Acts chapter 2. And we're going to, we're going to jump in actually at uh, the end of something, and it will become clear as I as I speak. Acts chapter two. The the verses will hopefully come up, bingo, behind me. Um, I'm going to start at uh, verse 32, and this is Peter. Peter is talking to thousands of people. He says, "This Jesus, God raised up, and we are all witnesses of that." being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received the promise from the Father, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to jump down to now 36. Let all the house of Israel, therefore, know this. Know this for certain, that God made him, that is Jesus, both Lord and Christ. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what must we do about this? And Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will, listen to this, it's beautiful. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promised gift. And the promise is for you and your children, all who are far off, for all whom the Lord, our God, calls to himself. We're just going to pause there for a moment. I want to give you a bit of background first, because it's a bit strange jumping in there. Uh, If we had time, I would have read the whole of chapter 2. But we're at a stage in the story of the early church where uh, the, the, the apostles, Jesus' followers, uh, this is known as Pentecost. Uh, chapter 2, we hear of the promised outpouring of the Holy Spirit that the people of God had been waiting for. Now, his followers were all huddled together, I think, in an upper room. They, they reckon about 120 or so. They were in fear of the Jews. Their just sin, their promised Messiah, killed before their eyes. And now they're all hidden away from the Jews because they think, crumbs, if we open our mouths, that very same thing might happen to us. So they're hidden away, and then suddenly there's the promise of the Father that is poured out. And it's poured out to such a degree, we we think that it spills out onto the streets, it must have done, because thousands of people are gathered. And then people start saying, hang on, something is going on that, that means I can understand my own language coming from people that are different than me. And something's happening to such an extent that the people, the onlookers, the passers-by, think that Jesus' followers are all hammered, think they're drunk. They say, you guys must be drunk. And Peter says, no, we're not. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. And I know you know some people drink at 9 o'clock in the morning. But he's like, no, 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 this, we're not drunk. This is what's going on. He basically says, Jesus was God and you killed him. We killed him. We killed the Messiah. And they heard this message of Jesus. So Peter stands and preaches what God has done through Jesus. And they are cut to the, to the heart. And they say, man, what must we do about this? It wasn't a, what, what must we do about this? I, I look at it like they would drop into their knees. Like, man, what, what should we do about this? And this is where I want to start, jump in to talk about healthy birth. Verse 37, Peter says, um, sorry, on he says, you need to be repent and be baptized. But it says, they were cut to the heart. What must we do? I want to look at some defining factors that starts this healthy birth process, if I can put it that way. Now, it starts with conviction. That's what we see with these thousands of people. We don't know how many, but it says, I think 3,000 were saved that day. But it started with conviction, this Holy Spirit flashlight moment, they were cut to the heart. You see, the news of Jesus, hopefully with what I share today, hopefully through the worship, some of you will be cut to the heart this morning. The news of Jesus has to affect our hearts. It has to move them. It has to change them. It has to transform them. You know, this cut to the heart, this conviction is all a work of Holy Spirit you know, when we convict people, it's often religion. When Holy Spirit does it, it often leads to life change. So this Holy Spirit conviction Jesus talks about in John's gospel, he says, when he comes, talking about the spirit, when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, the world of guilt, the world of shame. He will convict the world for righteousness and judgment. You see, there is great power when the declared news of Jesus is proclaimed. You know, it has the power to change us. The Bible goes so deep with this. It ha- this is the power. It has the power to take us from darkness into light. From death to life. That's what it did in my life. That's power. You see, there's a huge problem. There's a huge problem. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the image of God. Jesus is God in flesh, right? He's the exact imprint of God on the earth. But we've been blinded. We've, we've been blinded. You know, there's a huge problem within every human heart. We were born blind. We were born spiritually blind. I'm going to take it deeper than that. We were born dead, spiritually dead, dead in our sin, and separated from God. That's how we were born. And you know that, right? You only need to turn on the news. There's a problem. Shucks, let's take this a bit closer to home. You only need to look into the mirror of your own soul at times and realize there's been a problem. I heard one guy say that if I was to suddenly project on the screen everything I've ever thought, done, said you'd think I was a monster of depravity. And that's still true, friends. There's a problem. But do you know what this conviction means? The Holy Spirit shines his flashlight and he reveals our hearts. He reveals the very depths of our hearts, all the longings, all the pains, all of the abuse, all of the hurts and wants and desires, and he shines his light and love into it. But then he reveals Jesus. He removes this blindfold and reveals Jesus. What causes our heart to change? What causes them to come alive? This isn't behavior modification. Oh, crumbs, if you've come to church to expect that, I'm really sorry, we'll let you down. It's the beauty of Jesus that moves our hearts, right? The revelation of who he is. And from this conviction point, we come into repentance. There's this shining... And then suddenly Peter gives them this instruction. A call goes ringing out. Peter effectively says, I'm paraphrasing, it's not in the Bible. He says, okay, I can see what I've said has moved you in some way. This is what you need to do. Repent and be baptized. He gives them a call. He gives them an instruction, if you like. And you know, repent doesn't mean to say sorry. So often we pigeonhole it in this sense of, I'm just going to say sorry and then move on. To repent, the Greek word metanoia means change of mind. And I know many of you think that, but this is where behavior change comes from. It comes from thinking differently. So to repent, Peter is saying, I want you to change the way you think, first and foremost. I I see the Holy Spirit has shone his light into your hearts, and now my next thing I want you to do is turn from your thinking. I want your perspective to shift from one way of thinking to another. So it's effectively mind shift. We're mind shifters. Better be careful. (laughs) To repent means action. Okay, It's it's an active choice. So you think differently. And don't just think differently, it stays there. You think differently and there's this, this active decision on the back of it. But as well, sandwiched in the middle of conviction and repentance is confession. It's so important that we get this it's so important that we understand what confession looks like as well. Confession, again, isn't just to say sorry, but confession is a revealing of oneself. Confession is revealing of one, the depths of one's heart to say, man, I'm the problem. I thought you were the problem, but I see I'm the problem. I thought society was the problem, but I realize when I look into my heart, I'm the problem it's to admit, it's to uh, disclose, it's to own something. So conviction, flashlight. Confession, man, it's me. I'm the problem. And then repentance, man, I'm turning. My mind is changing. I'm going to think differently. I want to give you an example of how this looks in everyday life. So A couple of years ago, Easter service in Hastings, we had just finished an Alpha course. Alpha is an introduction to the Christian faith. And I invited all the guests to come at Easter. And a whole table of guests turned up and sat together. And uh, obviously, as you can uh, expect... expect Easter we just proclaim Jesus and the wonder of Jesus and the truth of Jesus who he really is and right at the end we gave this call listen if anyone wants to give their life to Jesus you know me of little faith didn't expect anything to happen I saw this married couple grab each other's hands stand up and march to the front floods of tears followed by three other guys on the alpha table and they came to the front I say well hey what's going on and they just said man I've never known a love like this I, I want. I want to accept Jesus. You know, in that moment, you start thinking, "Okay, how do we do this? How do we do this?" So we just huddled together in this little, uh, little circle, kind of uh, to the to the right of the stage. And I said, "Hey guys, why don't we just all hold hands?" I know a little bit weird, but let's hold hands. Um, and I said, "Listen, So tell me what's going on in your heart." And they told me. I said, oh, "That's the Holy Spirit." He's revealing Jesus to you. Do you want to accept him as your saviour? And I said, yeah, we absolutely do. Crying. I was crying. We're holding hands. And I led them in prayer of um, conviction, confession, repentance to accept Christ as saviour. And I saw this love wash their hearts. They left there utterly changed. Nothing we hyped up. Nothing we did. We just left room for Holy Spirit to do what only he can do best and that's to bring new life. That's what happened to me. 15 years ago, as I said a few weeks ago, I was addicted to cocaine. In a millisecond, the Holy Spirit washed me, revealed Jesus, and my life has utterly changed. I want you to think for you right now, what about you? When was that moment? When was that moment that you went, man, Jesus is real. Maybe you were five. Maybe you were 55. Just think right now, when was that moment? And I pray for that joy to flood your heart again. This process leads to where I want to get to, this healthy birth. From conviction to confession to repentance, this process leads to something utterly mind-blowing. New birth. The Bible calls it being born again, or born anew, or born from on high that we receive a completely new identity. 2 Corinthians says, 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone, behold, the new is here. That's amazing, right? Like Phil uh, said last week, being born again doesn't mean that it's a patchwork. You haven't just been dipped in some holy water. You haven't just been scrubbed new. You've been made brand new. What was dead has been resurrected to new life. See, this isn't a, just a better you, it's a completely new you. Ephesians 2 says, we were born in our trespasses and sins. That's how I was born. But now I've been made alive in Jesus. It's the glory of the gospel. And this is a gift of grace. You know what grace means? Unearned, undeserved favor. God's riches at Christ's expense. Yeah. Yeah. Clever. I heard that. I wrote it down. Unearned, undeserved favor. Man, that's what I needed. I want you to think for a moment. Is that what you needed? Is that what you need this morning, friend? Unearned favor. Titus 3, verse 4 and 6 is, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of any righteous thing we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously. I pray right now that you'd receive more Holy Spirit, Simon. Right now. That you'd receive overflow of the Holy Spirit, defined by his kindness and his mercy. Andy, for you, just knowing the kindness of God right now, just, man, I felt that when we were breaking bread earlier, taking bread and wine, I was just like, man, the kindness of Jesus over my life again. Like Phil says, it's always pointed towards us. Just always. You can never get away from the river of his mercy. (laughs) Man, he's so good. So I want to ask you, has this happened to you? Have you been made anew? Have you been born again? If you have been born from on high, you'd know. I remember the moment. And I want to encourage you, dear friends, brothers and sisters, if you have, it will never be robbed from you. The Bible is very clear about that. You will never lose it. You didn't earn it, so you can't lose it. It was given to you. And I want the joy of your salvation to resonate in your hearts, man. Every morning, it's as relevant today as it was the moment that you encountered him. He's saviour every day. And if you don't know him, I want to boldly just chuck out an invitation. At the end, we're going to pray. I'm going to lead us all in a prayer to receive Holy Spirit again. And maybe for some this morning, you're going to be born anew. Born anew. Okay, what's the initial outworking or fruit of this initial seed? So my life as a seed has been planted into Jesus. He Peter says, be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. The word baptised means to drench or to cover or immerse. So if you've seen someone be baptised, they are completely dunked underwater, right? Hopefully, here you bring them back up. Um, But they are completely covered, right? It's not just a leg, it's not just an arm. They are completely saturated. And I want you to know that baptism is much more than just an act. It's more than symbolism because it tells us a story. It communicates something profound and it's all about identification. It identifies that person with Jesus' death, burial and resurrection. That's what it does, it's profound. Baptism doesn't make a person a Christian, but it shows them to be one. Okay? It's been described as an outward demonstration of an inward transformation. That's baptism. It's huge. And because the waters of baptism drenched us, it shows us that we have been drenched in Jesus. Scripture also says that we've been hidden in Jesus. That James, you now are seated in Jesus. That's ridiculous. We've been grafted into Jesus, like a skin graft on a body. You can't be separated. Your, your, your kind of uh, life and, and And a blood just so grafted into Jesus. You've been baptized, scripture says, into him. So this is externally presenting an eternal spiritual transaction that's already happened. There's been a death and there's been a resurrection. Actually, there's been a death, a burial, and there will be a resurrection. Let me explain a little bit more. As you go into the water... It's effectively, as Jesus went to the cross for our sin, he died on the cross. It's effectively saying, man, as I enter this tank, my old life is dead with him. As you go under the water, just as Jesus' dead body was buried, it shows that your dead body has been covered. Your spiritual death has been dealt with. It's been covered in Jesus. Your old life, dead and buried. And as you come up out of the water, the reason why people do more than a golf clap is because this shows us something awesomely profound. Woo. Come on. It shows us a now and a to come reality. You have received resurrection power, and one day you'll get a brand new body. Yeah. You're not going to be floating around like a chubby baby on a cloud. I don't know what your idea of heaven is, but I don't want to go there if it's like that. Genuinely, those babies scare me, man. I, I want to go to a heaven where I've got a resurrected new body because it's not just going to be a heaven floating around. There's going to be a brand new earth created for us to, to dwell on forever. Man, I'm 41. I feel like I'm almost ready to expire. Genuinely. Now imagine never being able to expire. Now imagine never being able to suffer. No addictions. No abuse, no heartache, no death. It's been dealt with. Reigning and ruling with Jesus, your older brother, forever. That's your inheritance. So I believe baptism speaks of an inheritance to come as well. See, baptism is the first step of our lordship, uh, of our lordship, whoops, of his lordship over our lives, right? Come out of me. I'm just going to wash myself with pure water. Evian. No, it's not. Any other water? So I've lost my flow a little bit. Baptism is the first step of our journey with the Lord. It shows not only is he saviour, but he's Lord. He's Lord of our life. You know, the shame that he carried on the cross is just beyond description crucified naked for us and sometimes we fear doing this this step but it identifies us with him his death and resurrection it's not an optional extra i want to be as bold to say it's not for some uh moves of the church it's not for some denominations it's for every born again son and daughter of god remember it's about oneness this abiding this abiding and if it was good for Jesus it's good for us Jesus was baptized Matthew 3 13 to 17 it says then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John but John tried to deter him saying hang on a minute I need to be baptized by you but you come to me and Jesus replied let it be done now For this is proper to fulfill all of the law and all of righteousness. Then John consented, and this is beautiful. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he came up from out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was torn open. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and resting or alighting on him. And then a voice from heaven said, You know it, this is my Son, whom I love. In him I'm so pleased. So I believe that the reality that Jesus experiences, we can too. There's this beautiful dance of the Trinity here. The Son being baptized, Jesus the Son. And then the Spirit, God the Holy Spirit coming down and resting and remaining on him. And then the voice of Daddy, the Father saying, this is my Son. You see, this was at the start of Jesus' ministry. And it needs to be at the start of our journey with him. We also see it in Jesus' encouragement in the Great Commission. He's he's, uh, resurrected from death. He's now hanging out with his followers. He's teaching them. He's, uh, He's eating with them. And he says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, guys. Go and make disciples of all nations. Oh, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And this is the promise. Surely I'm with you always, to the very end of the age. There's promises attached throughout the scriptures. So I just want to chuck out a question. What about you? Have you been baptized? Have you identified yourself with Jesus? It's a beautiful moment. I remember the time I was baptized, I was terrified. I had my England shirt on, all skinny and my legs chattering. And I got into the water thinking, I don't want to do this in front of all these people. But I genuinely felt the spirit of God on me. And this kind of well done from the Father. Well done. So healthy birth looks like rooted, planted in Jesus, born again, new identity, sons and daughters. Water baptized, all about identification. And this is where we're going to land it, this last bit. Holy Spirit filled. All about being empowered to live empowered to live Ephesians 1 uh, 13 says having believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit and this was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance you see, I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit being given to you is God saying I'm coming back for you yeah, so you've been you've received this seal, this mark to say I'm never going to leave you as an orphan, that's the point I'm gonna come back for you because I've got a room prepared for you. Remember, Jesus said that. So the Holy Spirit is this deposit guaranteeing this eternal inheritance. So from this initial deposit, we can be filled to overflowing. Always remember, it was God's intention to rescue, to redeem, to wash, to cleanse, but to fill us. He wants to fill us. He wants to baptize us. Remember that word, drench. He wants to drench us with his spirit. He wants to overwhelm us with his presence. And you will, he says, receive the gift, the promised gift. Well, God says he does, and it's a, it's a will from the Father. I will give you the spirit. And it's a gift. Just, just take it. In John's Gospel, Jesus reveals something amazing. Chapter 14, he says, I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to send you another counsellor to be with you all, the spirit of truth. And in chapter 16, he says, can you imagine Jesus saying that now to us? I'm going, and it's good that I'm going. No, no, what do you mean you're going? I've just got to know you. I'm going, and it's good because I'm going to send him. Unless I go, he won't come. We're not asking God for something he doesn't want to give us. He's not a reluctant deity. He's not a reluctant father as we know fathers. We are asking him for something that he's always purposed us to have. And that's himself. Himself. The fulfillment of Joel's prophetic word Peter picks up at the start of Acts. Oh, what you hear and see, this isn't drunkness. This is the promise from hundreds of years ago that in the last days, God will pour out His Spirit on all flesh. People will have dreams and visions and prophesy. You see, up until this point, the Holy Spirit only came upon certain people for certain things. It says in the Old Testament that the Spirit of God came upon David, came upon Zechariah. It was for certain tasks for prophets, for priests, for kings, for judges. But now, in these last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Just look around for a moment. Try not to have weird eye contact with each other and say, even you, this is the all flesh. This is the all flesh. His promise is to fill and flood your life. It's amazing. It still takes me back to think, God, you want to do that in my life. And he wants to do that in your life now through the finished work of jesus i want you to understand that it's all through his finished work at the cross his death his burial his, his resurrection his ascension what i mean by that he's going back to the father he's glorification standing before the father and all of heaven saying it's done father now we can send the promise imagine jesus going back going dad we've done it let's send the promise Let's send the promise. They need the promise. We need the promise. You need, I need the promise. Every day I need the promise. That promise gift. In the end of Luke, uh, Jesus says, Don't leave the city, but wait to receive power from on high. And then at the start of Acts, he picks it up. He says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. But wait. Wait to receive. But once you receive, you're going to be my witnesses. Because God wants to empower us for life. I love this time of worship. And, And it is that we feel good, that we know we're sons and daughters. That's the bedrock we stand in. But do you know what else it is for? It's that we would live like him. That we would be sons and daughters that actually look like him. That my life would look like Jesus, smell like Jesus, taste like Jesus, love like Jesus. That's why I'm filled, primarily. But through that, I know my identity. Right at the start of it all, I know who I am. Because if we start at the wrong place, it's dutiful. It's it's religion. It's I must, I should. But when you start by knowing who you are and who's filled you, you get to just be like him. Born again, sons and daughters of God, filled with Holy Spirit, carrying the King and his kingdom wherever we go. Like Sarah said last week, connected to the vine, this is where it all starts. We're connected to that life source. So the very life of Jesus should should flow through my life. Andy, when you encounter me, you should say, Hey, Sam, you look like Jesus. And Man, that would be so encouraging, wouldn't it, if we said to one another, Man, when you're out and about, Susie, you sound just like Jesus. To your friends and your work colleagues and, man... That's what it means to be witnesses. It's not just that we have this proclamation, which is important, but it's just that we are so filled with Christ that we look like Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I know we, as a church, we love that. 2 Peter says we are partakers of the divine nature. I have the divine nature now dwelling within me. And so do you, if you know him. So I want to ask you a very simple question. Do you know that you've been filled with Holy Spirit? Because you'd know. Do you know? If so, are you going on being filled with Holy Spirit? Ephesians 5.18 says, Don't get hammered on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with Holy Spirit. Be filled with Holy Spirit. There's this continuous tense of every day you can wake up going, Father, fill me with your presence. And the reason why you can ask him to fill you is because he already lives within you. So all you're doing, I think, is just this awakening to say, man, Christ is in me. Come and just flood my life, flood every aspect, every nook and cranny of my being. I want it to be infused with your love today. And let me tell you, you're filled with love and power, but the power starts with his love. If you're looking for power, you'll miss his love. Some of the evidences uh, that you'll experience, so I'm going to close with this and then I guess we're going to worship and we're going to pray. I'm going to lead us all in a, in a prayer. Some evidences or some tangible experiences that you know that you've received is different gifts will suddenly be plonked into your life. I don't mean you can suddenly juggle. But if you can, that's amazing. Praise Jesus. But I mean you'll get these gifts where you go, man, I think I just got this sense for you. Have you been living in rejection? How did you know? I just, I feel like God speaks to me because God lives in me. You'll begin to get this overwhelming sense of gratitude. I did during the worship. I just got, Jesus, you did this for me. Even as I'm speaking, I'm feeling overwhelmed by his love again. You get this assurance of sonship that you know, that you know, that you know that you're saved forever. Not only washed, but you're welcomed home that you know, no one has to convince you. And this whole thing of confidence and boldness, you go from, oh, I guess we should share our faith, to, man, I get to tell people about Jesus. I get to just let Jesus out of my life. Man, I've got so much more to say, but I need to stop there. Then, guys, could, you, could we worship a little bit? What's the time, bud? Just as they're getting ready, just so you're not looking at me, going, ah, all good." Um, there's a few application points that I'd love to I'd love to close in today. The first one, if it, if you're here and you know Jesus and you haven't been baptized, I want to encourage you, friend, brother, sister get baptized it's obedience to him and his word and you know what he identified with you so maybe it's time to identify with him and you know what as you get baptized we're going to celebrate with you we've got baptisms coming up on the 23rd of October so directly when we close don't let anything hold you back go straight over to the info point and sign up I guess for the rest of us, can we, can we all stand? We're going to close our time in a moment by singing one song. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here, I think. And then Phil's going to come up and close our time. But we're going to pray first. And I know what it's like when we're like this. We're so conscious of the people around us. But I I just feel like I'd miss a moment if we didn't give an opportunity for people to receive Jesus for the first time this morning. And your life will now be planted into him and you'll become a born again son or daughter of God. The Bible simply says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from death, we'll be saved. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's anyone. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And I want you to know, I'm trying to look at all of you in the eyes, he loves you more than you could ever imagine. And I know you don't love yourself at times, but he loves you more than you could ever know. And I want to lead you right now in a very simple prayer. So I'm just going to encourage everyone to close their eyes. And maybe like Phil said, you want to place your hand on your heart. And if you know Jesus, you can just pray a prayer of thanksgiving saying, Jesus, you saved me. Jesus, I'm now born again, born anew. New identity as a son or daughter of God. But if you don't know Jesus... I'm going to say a few statements. I want you to repeat them after me, and then afterwards, I want you to come find me. Jesus, I come as I am. Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died upon a cross for me and my sin. Jesus I confess my sin I say man I'm the problem my heart was the problem and I want to give you my heart right now I hand all of my longings over to you all of my pain all of my past all of my rebellion all of my junk I now give to you and I turn from it and I say you died to set me free but you rose again to give me brand new life And today I turn to you as my saviour. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Come and wash me. Come and make me new. Jesus, I say you are the Lord and saviour of my life. Amen. Man, if you've prayed that this morning, welcome home. Welcome to family. God wanted you back so much. You were stolen from him, and he's got your home. As we sing this song, as we close in worship, I want us to just make this like family here. Uh, We're going to sing about Holy Spirit filling us. So why don't you just ask Holy Spirit as we sing, as we worship, to fill you afresh to come and fill you with his love afresh, with his joy afresh, with this adoption as fresh, this this spirit of love as fresh. Just, Just ask him to fill and flood you. So Father, we just pray, would you do that? Would you do that? Would you flood and fill this place to the praise of Jesus? Amen.